Hi, Patrick here. And today, a story out of Mexico. And there are a couple of reasons why some kids who go to school in Mexico don't speak good enough Spanish to get on. The first reason, Spanish isn't their mother tongue. 5% of the population of Mexico speak indigenous languages, of which there are 68 in the country. Now, 1.2% of Mexico's population is monolingual in those indigenous languages. They speak no Spanish at all. That's a pretty low percentage, but it works out at nearly 1.4 million people. Now, I don't know how many of them are young. I imagine that proportionately there are fewer who are young than old. But still, it's probably a sizable group of people. The other reason why kids might struggle with Spanish is that they were brought up elsewhere, in another country. And this group, unlike the indigenous monolinguals, this group is increasing in size. Mexican kids from Spanish-speaking families whose Spanish skills aren't good because they've come from, say, the United States. There are more and more families going back to Mexico from the U.S. They might have been deported. Deportation rates to Mexico are way up. They might have been just getting a jump on being deported. They might not have found jobs in the U.S. They might have just been unhappy there. But for one reason or another, they're back in Mexico and their kids may not speak great Spanish. And just to compound the problem, in some parts of Mexico, there aren't many teachers who speak good English. That's what this story from Miles Esty is all about. In front of. Repeat in front of. Repeat next to. It's Saturday morning in the rural Mexican state of Zacatecas, and we're in English class. Antonio Acosta gives basic lessons to 35 teachers. English levels vary. Some teachers, like Nora Santana, speak English fine, but she's worried about the new students in her classes, those who grew up in the United States and have trouble keeping up with classes in Spanish. Uh, they, they feel so confused. Uh-huh. They're so confused and they don't understand everything that I teach in Spanish. Other teachers, like Eduardo Garcia, have trouble explaining why the English classes are important. The United States and only one kid no speak nothing in Spanish. Over the years, Acosta, an education official here, has witnessed the influx of school-aged kids returning to Mexico. They come with their parents, who've left the U.S. because they're undocumented or couldn't find work. Acosta says the kids can feel disoriented in a Mexican classroom, like foreigners, but in what is supposedly their own nation. So Acosta is pioneering a project to get Mexican teachers more comfortable in English. Some believe the money might be better spent other ways. But Acosta says the English classes are critical to help teachers and their students adjust. If the teachers learn English, the basic English level, they are going to use these kind of tools to communicate with the children that are coming from the United States. The class is best suited for teachers like 28-year-old Ari Rodriguez. Rodriguez says she can have a tough time communicating with some of her English-speaking students, and she keeps her English crib notes handy. She also mentions Juan, though he goes by John in the U.S. He's a soft-spoken 13-year-old who just moved here from Texas. When you hear Juan and Rodriguez speak, it's clear his Spanish is improving, fast. And Juan is getting good grades here, too, except in Spanish and history. 
He still can't articulate his answers to the teachers. It's kind of hard, like to explain it. Like when, when I don't know how to say the words, I just like try to explain it to them. But for most students, speaking isn't the hardest part. It's classroom comprehension. Meet Ashley. She's 11 and born and raised in Southern California. She just moved to Zacatecas with her parents, who were undocumented in the U.S. Ashley speaks Spanish perfectly, but has always done her reading and writing in English. Growing up there, I mean, you guys obviously went to school learning English, right? Like you, yes. So all all of your learning so far has been in English. What's yes. it like, like going to a Spanish school all of a sudden? Weird. <laughs> I ask Ashley if reading and writing in Spanish is tough. Sorta, of, yeah. The writing is sort of good. The reading, I really don't read that much in Spanish, so I don't know about reading. <laughs> Ashley's younger brother Joel also finds reading tough. So do you under when you read it? Do you understand what it's saying, or not too much? Not too much. But Joel's relieved that he's here with his older sister, and a cousin is here too. Being together, speaking English in the schoolyard, it makes their new life in Mexico easier, and they still keep in touch in English with their friends back in the states over Facebook. Luis Roberto Castaneda directs Zacatecas Migration Institute. He says of the 13,000 or so kids who've lived in the U.S. and are now in the Zacatecas school system, nearly all have some difficulty at school, and there are no national programs in Mexico to attend to these students' needs. Tener una atención al 100% en el seguimiento de la clase se les dificulta. Castaneda says that the U.S.-born students can't fully understand classes in Spanish and end up doing mental translations back to English. It slows them down. Like Castaneda, Acosta believes his pilot project is more than learning English. It's about getting teachers tuned into the fact that their students straddle two worlds. They have two cultures: American and Mexican culture. Where am I from? This is the reason because we are going to 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 do uh, this kind of strategies to solve this kind of binational culture, American and and Mexican. Though the courses keep the English simple, Acosta and many of the teachers believe projects like these represent a huge first step toward helping U.S.-born children feel more welcome in Mexico. What am I doing? You are leaving. Sorry. You are leaving. What am I doing? You are leaving. For the world, this is Miles Esty in Zacatecas, Mexico. You are running. You are running. Okay, so before this story saw the light of day, our Big Show online team put out the word about the story on social media, and they got some interesting responses, mainly from teachers who were talking about, you know, the more familiar situation that we have here in the United States, the opposite of in Mexico: Spanish-speaking kids and English-speaking teachers. Here's what one teacher had to say. Her name is Janet Stevens. As a U.S. teacher, she says. I must say, this makes me smile. I've had many precious Mexican children as students, and they do amazingly well. So will the children returning. I think she means returning to Mexico. Those who have been brought up in two cultures will be the luckiest. Teachers, the hardest working. Another comment from a teacher. This one from Amy Friedrich Toulouse. I've had to learn a lot of Spanish in order to hold parent conferences. Otherwise, in some cases, there'll be no parent-teacher contact. So even though my Spanish is not that great, we can at least talk about the basics. And one more. This one from Robin Braidwood. 
Learning the basics in my students' first language has been my approach. Things like sorry, thank you, what. In many ways, a teacher facing bridging this type of gap is a traveler too. And so, if you can equip yourself with some greetings and questions, your vocabulary will snowball. Good luck, dear colleagues in Zacatecas and elsewhere. Hmm. Good luck indeed. I'd love to have more of these kinds of stories in the pod. So please post your comments, your stories, what have you. Post them at theworld.org/language or on Facebook if you prefer. There's a World in Words page, or you can tweet me. My Twitter handle is patrickox. P A T R I C O X. And while you're at it, I'm interested in another related subject as well. There's something of a debate on what constitutes difficult English when it comes to you know what you learn at grade school. Difficult, whether it be for a native speaker or a non-native speaker, is Chaucer difficult? Shakespeare is that more difficult than say the Gettysburg Address? Or I don't know. How about an explanation of thermodynamics or the theory of relativity? Let me know. Teachers, parents, learners. I'll be back in a day or two with another pod and more from that BBC series on endangered languages. Thanks for listening. See ya.